Springfield, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. I mean, can you believe it? 72 for a high today. Sunny skies. We're going to turn into a weather program. That's my uh, That's my goal for the day. But... Maybe not completely. We'll talk a little sports. I am Joe Weston, joined by the B-Team and Ned Reynolds. Ned, how are you doing today? This is not a weather show. Come on. <laughs> Let's talk weather. It's the first day of spring. Come on, you want it to be 72. Yeah, it's beautiful and outside. It's a beautiful day. And they're playing baseball in the exhibitions. The season will be here. It'll be here in its alleged entirety. So... Everybody's calmed down except me. (laughs) (laughs) You need to put a belt in your mouth. Get you some sweets. Get get, get it all evened out. Purify my soul. Jake Galetta's with us. Jake, how are you today? Fantastic. Just got back from the mountains, the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. Mm. And I'll tell you, that's a beautiful state. If you've not been, uh, we got dumped on. It was great. And come back to this beautiful weather and... I can't think of anything better than uh, this weekend sportsman. I'm excited. How are you, Mr. Oliver? I know you're full of opinions. Like you're already brimming. I'm, full, I'm of full of a lot of opinions. And, and that, <laughs> if we if we do turn this into a weather show, I promise that I'll wear pants, even if they film me from the waist up. So. Oh my gosh! Did we go there already? Whoa. I think we went there already. Very good. Jim. All right, Josh Roberts, how are you? I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I got onto Josh before the show started today. I'm over it. Though. He engaged. I'm over. He's not it. supposed to. All right, let's talk sports, and I think the place for us to start. I know the tournament's going on, but wow, what a week in the NFL! <laughs> no, I know it's kidding. it's the hot stove league in baseball, but I think they stole all the thunder in the NFL this week. And I mean, it was a big week, so let's just start out with the biggest. I think the biggest move of the week, and that's Deshaun Watson going. To the Cleveland Browns, and let's set the whole scenario out. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday when Baker Mayfield asked for a trade. Mm-hmm. He was told no. And then a day or two later, Deshaun Watson is brought in as a member of the Browns. And at the same time, too, the number one receiver for the Browns, he's out because Amari Cooper's coming in. So my question to you, Ned, is what the hell are the Browns doing? <laughs> Here's an even better one. The, what, the point that you brought up was probably inadvertent on your part, Joe, but it was a very wise one indeed. The NFL is beautiful in their marketing. Mm-hmm. Okay, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers signs again with Green Bay. But who gets all the ink? Tom Brady. And when does he yeah. come back? <laughs> on the day they sign the baseball That's contract? Right. Take that publicity away from them. Okay, the NCAA tournament gets underway. So what happens? Deshaun Watson signing with the Cleveland Browns. Again, here comes the all the attention's taken away. These guys know exactly what the hell they're doing, and they do it beautifully. Right, what is my opinion on it? Well, how paradoxical can you be? He turned it down earlier, and now he comes back. They approach him now. Cleveland Browns, the heck with him. Turns around and gets a deal with him. Money, of course, speaks, but I think he sees an opportunity there to, to take a good team, and they were a good team this year, and uh, really make them a better one with his experience. That is the take I get on it, plus a Fort Knox full on the treasure chest. Wait, wait. Before you pass the mic off, let me ask you this question. I'm, I'm going to turn into our old partner here and say, what, what did Baker Mayfield do wrong? He didn't really do anything mm-hmm. wrong, but is he the kind of seasoned winner 
that the Browns really need. Is Deshaun Watson a seasoned winner? Well, he, no, he's been around, and he has he's won his share of games. Now, do, has he taken the team to a Super Bowl? No, but does he have the perhaps the NFL acumen a little bit more than Baker Mayfield might? At least, see, they're the inner workings, Joe, that we don't know anything about. And yet the Cleveland Browns do. They gave up an <laughs> awful, awful lot to get him. But, hey, watch out. They may be, they may be legitimate. All right, let's talk to Jake. Jake, uh, first of all, yes, I disagree with most of what Ned said. <laughs> just, I just, I just want to state that right away because I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not a Baker Mayfield homer, but he took a team that was irrelevant and he made them relevant mm-hmm. again. And now he's just being shuttled off to the side. We don't know where he's going to land or even if they're going to trade him. I mean, maybe they keep him and he's the second string quarterback. I mean, what are your thoughts on all this? Okay, so I've thought a lot about this because you remember who they used to have for the quarterback, Johnny Manziel. Bernie Kosar. (laughs) (laughs) That guy, too. But, you know, um, you could when you take over a program like that and you all you have to do is just a little bit to make it better, Mm -hmm. I don't think Baker's – you look at Baker and you think, is that my franchise quarterback? And the answer is no. You, you look at – he just doesn't hold himself as a quarterback. He doesn't look like a captain. He doesn't – to me, he doesn't act like one. So it's sad because he's done everything they've asked him to do. And he made them – they did win. They did go to the playoffs. They came out real strong this year and missed the playoffs. But, man, he had a star-studded talent around him. And now you're going to add Deshaun Watson who can move on his feet, got a rocket arm, and super smart. Um I'm going to go out and say that they're going to take the division right out the gate. I'm saying Joe Burrow move over because I think the Browns take first place in this division. Yeah, look at all these looks I'm getting. I'm telling you right now, this is a power move, and they have the two of the greatest running backs. Mario Cooper's not great. Don't get me wrong. He's not stud. I, I wish Landry would stick around because I think that would be, a, oh, my God, you know, with him too. But we'll see. I think this. I do. I do. I think. Look, what are you guys falling asleep on? Me Outside over here? of Cleveland, nobody agrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I do. I do. Yeah. I'm outside of Cleveland. That's not a, gl- you that's not a glowing endorsement that Ned agrees with you. <laughs> but but Joe is now over two. He disagrees with me and disagrees with you. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, this, this is where I even up things at. Yeah. John, what's your thoughts? So I'm going to disagree with Ned and Jake. Pretty. Right. I need to write this, this down because Ned. Yeah. Because John rarely disagrees with that. I, I do rarely. But yeah. <laughs> here, here's my thing with the Browns. Um, as an organization before Mayfield came, there's no other way to describe them but absolutely pathetic. Mayfield came in and somewhat stabilized the ship. And I agree, they gave him pieces, but they gave him trouble pieces every time. Mm-hmm. He had to go through the Miles Garrett incident, which I like Miles Garrett as a player. I think that was a one-time thing. I don't think that'll repeat, but it's still distracted. The coaching carousel that yeah. took place before their current coach did not help matters. Hotel Beckham Jr., I don't care if he won a Super Bowl or not. He's not a team player. He never has been. He never will be. And much of the talent that made him great has evaporated. He's a cornflake. Then you go out (laughs) and you dump your number one receiver and you bring in, and I'm sorry, Josh, but another head case. Roll Tide. Another head case 
that is going to make a stir. Hopefully his dad will complain this season because that seems to be what (laughs) follows this team. Baker Mayfield, if you look at the Browns the last few years and ask why they didn't get over the hump, if somebody can look at that team top to bottom, coaching to player, soup to nuts, and tell me that he's the reason they didn't succeed, no way. Hi, John. Let me counter that just a uh, Mm -hmm. second. I'm going to speak also for uh, Mr. Golette over here. Mm Mm-hmm. Nobody's denying that at all. He did stabilize the team and did get them to certainly playoff caliber. But is he the guy to get them over that hump? And there's where the debate comes in, and there's where Deshaun Watson may have the uh, may have the key. That that remains to be seen. But how's how's Deshaun Watson's personal record going on right, right. now? Too, it's yet another distraction well, that they the, don't uh, need. Part of the contract, the a clause that says that the Browns are about to pay all his legal bills. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Just joking, just joking. <laughs> all right, Josh, time for you to you to weigh in on this thing. Okay, first. First of all, I, in, in terms of the Browns themselves, they were a joke before Baker Mayfield got there. I still said they were going to be a joke with Baker Mayfield because I'm not really a fan of his because all he did at Oklahoma was throw, throw the ball. Uh, he did impress me by, turning, by helping create a playoff caliber team. Um, and I, here's the problem. We, we as fans and organizations that own these teams, all, everybody wants instant gratification, and that's the problem. Baker Mayfield, with the talent that he's had around him, has made great strides at making the Browns a contending team. And there, it just wasn't fast enough because you look at what Joe Burrow did and you look at what Patrick Mahomes did, and everybody wants that one-year, two-year instant gratification where they used to develop these players more. Like, look at Steve Young. For I mean, Steve Young was a backup for years, and then he was when he became the starting quarterback. I mean, they could have traded him years ago, but they didn't. That's just the way the NFL has changed. Deshaun Watson is a joke at this point. <laughs> He's a has been. He's a wash up. And you're going to see that because I feel like him being in Cleveland, that team is going to go back to the low end mediocrity that they were before Baker Mayfield. Can I, can I add one quick thing? Sure. Yeah. I I, I don't think they'll win the division next year, Jake, or, you know, what I will say they will lead in is the best house party ever for an NFL team because Kareem Hunt will bring the entertainment as well. You've just got a he's great the, bunch of fun-loving guys over there. Fun-loving. He's the, he's the doorman. Yeah, he's yes. the doorman. Yes, yeah, definitely. He'll take care of the door on that one. You're listening to Ned Talk on Morning 4.7 The Cave, your local live sports talk show. All right, um... Yeah, I, let me, I just, Joe, let I, me let me just interject this for a good question to mm-hmm. debate around. Now we're talking about Deshaun Watson's Cleveland Browns. I don't think the Chiefs play them at all this year. I don't believe so. But there is certainly a Chiefs addition that does need to be addressed. Yes. And what does Juju Smith Schuster bring to that team? Well, well, before we get to that, I was going to get to that. I, I know how to run this show, by the way. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, now there's where I'm going to debate with you. Yeah, you know, I, I, I do actually know how to run this show. Who the hell does this for a living? Moi, not you. Well, well, as, right. well as a matter Go of ahead. fact, I, I pick up paychecks, too, just like you do for yeah, this. Yeah, but so. for spinning records, not for doing a sports show. <laughs> So right. I've been doing records. Go ahead. Whatever. Go ahead. Okay. No, no. Go ahead. You can have the show. It's your floor. <laughs> Tell me, guys, you what you do. think that, that brings to the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I think it brings a lot because I think the guy has 
youth on his side, 25 years old. He's big. He's, what, 6'1 and maybe 220, somewhere around there, 215, 220. Has a lot of skills, and that will help. Maybe not as a primary starter, but certainly as a key individual on that team. Jake? Okay, so look what he did at the Steelers when Antonio Brown was there, and he led the team. I mean, literally stole the show. Now, this is going to give... This is going to open up. It's only one year contract, right? Mm -hmm. I do think that he will earn a spot on the team. He'll be there for a couple more years. But I think this is going to open things up for Pat. It's going to give him a lot less uh, pass rush because these guys are not going to be able to sit back and just sit back with eight guys out there just flea floating around trying to pick off Pat. So with Juju in the mix, with Josh Gordon, McCole Hardman, Tariq Hill, Travis Kelsey. I mean, come on. And and yes, there was the only really the only big move. They did bring back an offensive lineman. Wiley came back, mm-hmm. which is huge. Um, but this is going to open things up down the field and give Pat more time to sit in that pocket, which is what they've really tried to get him to do is to be more of a pocket passer. But uh, this is, I think, honestly, I think Juju has over 800 yards and at least six touchdowns this year. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, by the way, uh, Patrick Mahomes' mother called. It is Patrick, not Pat. <laughs> yes. Not Pat, by yes. the way. Okay. Just so I let you know. Okay. I know we're going to get a dissenting opinion here, uh, yeah. so let's hear it from John. I feel like I'm going to have to take everybody out for drinks afterwards and mend the fences. <laughs> so I think I'll just be completely honest. Juju Smith Schuster is a player. I think he's very talented. I always have, always will. The stat line you just threw up. Completely agree. That's possible. He could even exceed that. He could be a 1,000-yard receiver next year to me. The problem is this move makes no sense to me because when we saw the Chiefs at the end of the season last year, secondary is still very thin. They lost Javarius Ward. Now, they did get Reed to replace Tyron Matthew, and I think that's a good move. As somebody who was a Tyron Matthew fan, I think that's a fine move. But this doesn't address Mahomes not... You know, not always trying to throw that long ball down the field. To me, it encourages it even more. He's got all these shiny targets now, and you're not going to see him dump off to the Derek Gores of the world and, you know, be in an offense that can survive without that deep threat. I feel like this hamstrings them even more in that regard. And honestly, I just feel like that $10 million a year that's going to be committed to him could have gotten you two really decent secondary players that address that huge glaring issue. All right, Josh, your thoughts. Okay. <clears throat> I think it's a good move. I think because of his size, because of his talent, uh, there's a lot of potential there. I think because we were we were talking before about how we all felt that the Chiefs needed another receiver mm-hmm. to help that receiving court. Now they've got it, and they've got a top-tier one. So it's weird to me that you changed your tune so quickly on that. But it's okay. That's your opinion. Um, I think he'll do great. I think it will open up the offense even more. But here's the key, and this is what I'll say in response to what you were saying about the long ball and all that. That's coaching. The coaches need to kind of ratchet Patrick Mahomes back down and say, look, stop audibling out of the plays we call. Run the play that we call. See if it works. I tell you what, if it doesn't work, we won't do it again. Because I think that's more the problem. I think Mahomes is audibling out because he because he sees something different or he wants to do something different. And they've kind of given him carte blanche to do that. I do agree with you that the Chiefs now need to focus on secondary. And I'm glad they re-signed Wiley. But I think 
They probably need some more depth in offensive line mm-hmm. as well. It's not glamorous, but they kind of need it. But, yeah, I mean, to get the big receiver, great. Now in the draft, draft good defensive players because I feel like D-backs – and defensive players can play right out of the gate as rookies better than offensive players. So, I'm, I'm excited by the, the move because I think one of the things the Chiefs have missed, and you saw it with Pittsburgh a little bit, there was a couple of guys on, that played for Pittsburgh, uh, not Schuster Smith, uh, that they, Ben Roethlisberger could throw up a ball and they just basically went over mm-hmm. the secondary guy. And the Chiefs don't have that. I mean, you could say Travis Kelsey. But I think what you're going to see bigger than freeing up Tyreek Hill is you got another guy that's big that can go over the middle that will take some strain off Travis Kelsey at the age that he's at. All right. Let's go back to where I was going to go <laughs> for just a second. So where does Baker Mayfield land? You see how that all segues together there, Ned? Just a quick, where do you think Baker Mayfield is going to play? What does Baker Mayfield have to do with Springfield, Missouri? And that's where we're talking right now. Whereas Juju Smith-Schuster does have a lot to do with Springfield, Missouri. All right. Where does Baker Mayfield go? I would suspect... I would suspect Indianapolis would probably be the uh, key because they don't have any quarterbacks at all. That would be that would be my guess. Although Seattle, I would would think may, might make some overtures to him, but simply a guess. That's where he's asked to go. I've read this morning. He was like, "Well, uh, we got two options here: Seattle or Indianapolis." He's a Midwest guy. He's from Oklahoma. Um, well, that's where he played college ball. So, mm-hmm. you know, Indianapolis makes sense for him and the draw for the Maker, Baker Mayfield fans. Um, so that's where I would put my money on is, is there. I can't believe Carson Wentz went to Washington. That blew me away. I just didn't see that happening. But I guess the ownership was not real happy with him, period. And he's a glass house. The guy's hurt all the time. And it was a nice little story with him and Frank getting back together back from their Eagles days. But mm-hmm. May, Mayfield, Indy is my, my guess. What do you think, John? Well, he mentioned the first time he asked for a trade before they shot it down, Indianapolis was one of the locations he mentioned. So I think that makes the most sense. Now, with my opinion of the Browns organization, I could see him sitting on the bench as a backup as well for the rest of this season. And my question is, my God, has anyone thought about the progressive ads? What are we going to do? I know. I love those ads. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) what do you do now? Is he just going to be like wearing like just a white jersey in the commercials? Is he not going to? Yeah, I love those ads. I'm so worried about this. Maybe It it showed a guy, before we get to Josh, one of the things, I think Baker Mayfield had a bad rap in college because of some petulance. And I think that he carried that to the NFL, and yet he's not shown that in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Not at all. He's shown a guy that can make fun of himself. Mm -hmm. He's shown himself to be a winner. And I think he he obviously needs to grow a little more as a quarterback. But Mm -hmm. I I agree with what you guys said, that it's such a short-term thing in the NFL with quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. guys get so washed out of the league so quickly I mean, I, I, don't get me started on Tim Tebow again. But what, right, what, do, you, right. what do you think? Where is he going to land at, Josh? I, I mean, I I can't think of another team that would even make an offer except for Indianapolis or Seattle because I feel like Baker Mayfield is a – and I've been a big a, a opponent of him. I, I didn't like him at Oklahoma. I didn't think he would be worth anything in, in uh, Cleveland. And he really surprised me with what he was able to accomplish. I think he's young, and I think he's a bit of a gunslinger attitude, and I think he throws too many interceptions because of that. But that's you can develop that. You can you can change that behavior. Uh, 
I have a feeling he'll probably end up in Indianapolis because it seems like if that's what he was wanting and who knows what Cleveland's thinking with denying him the trade anyway. Maybe they they wanted to shop him around to other teams or something. I don't know. But it makes sense really for him to end up there, I think, because like what Ned's saying, they don't have anybody. At least Seattle still has Drew Locke, although he's not a starting quarterback. Uh, they opinion. got well. I mean, hey, Cleveland got Deshaun Watson. How many games did he play in last year? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh wait, let me think about that for just a second. How many but civil suits does he let's have? Just we'll, when we come back, we've got to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the arms race in the AFC West right here on one hundred four point seven. The Cave Ned Talk. You're listening to Ned Talk. On 104.7, The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7, The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Or to remind everybody, you can download us as a podcast. There's also Ned Talk After Dark when we share our thoughts about massage therapy and pretzels. <laughs> which is a very interesting listen, I should say. In the mall, nonetheless. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I, I, I wish that we'd had you know more time in the f- first segment because there's so much sports to talk about. But I do yes. want to get to... Uh, you know, there's an arms race going on, and it's not between the United States and Russia. It's between the teams in the AFC West. Mm-hmm. And uh, another big move was made. Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. That should not be overlooked. That's a huge, huge move. It's the AFC West, the best division in football, getting better. Certainly, arguably can be, uh, considering all the top arms that they have now in that division. And now you have Russell William, uh, Russell Wilson, I should say, and Herbert with the almost said San Diego oh, <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers, and of course Mahomes, and my goodness sake. And I, uh, Devontae Adams going to the uh, Raiders is a very big deal. What it does is conjure up thoughts of a very high-scoring a particular mm-hmm. division in the AFC, and I think we will see that. The Daves, and, and you guys were talking a little bit about this, especially you, Josh, about Mahomes and may being uh, tampered down. They may not want to now because yeah. you're going to see a lot of high-scoring games in the NFL. And the fact that Charverius Ward's now a San Francisco 49er, the Chiefs are going to have to address that in their defensive backfield because you're absolutely right. He he was he was a consistent performer yes. and a guy who did contribute. I'd be interested to see what they do. Justin Reed, yes, good ball player. Can't do it by himself. No. And no. you've got to have a lot of help back there. And we'll see what they do in the draft and what they do in free agency, which has already begun. But uh, to the answer to Joe's question is yes, I think it'll be it's going to be a top flight division and one that will bear a lot of watching. Jake, who's won the offseason so far in the AFC West? Oh, man, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Raiders. Has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the number one wide receiver that just came over. He's playing now with his college quarterback, <laughs> Derek Carr from Fresno State. Now, does that mean that's just the perfect matchup? No. Um, but to answer your question about the AFC West, they were already the best because they were three seconds or a missed field goal from all four being in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Like, the, this division was already there on the brink. Now, you give Denver a real quarterback who they haven't had since Peyton Manning left. 
he's got plenty of of targets there. You have now with you know the Adams trade, and then someone said San Diego, <laughs> and then you have L.A. The Chargers just. Really, I mean, they got some man. Their defense. I'm telling you right now, the Chargers' defense next year is going to be insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I saw a meme the other day with all these trades. So you have all these teams. You know, you got the Raiders and the Chargers and and Denver and all these players that they got. And you got Pat Mahomes sleeping on the couch with his dog. This is <laughs> and, and so, but it's not funny because really now it's it was already rough. And yes, mm-hmm. the Chiefs manhandled them this year. This year's going to be fun. I'm a season ticket chief holder. Been for a long time. There's been games like Denver. I just sell. I'm like, ah, I don't want to watch that. Or and the Raiders are always fun because the Raiders fans are crazy. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then Chargers <laughs> is just one of those like they're so far west that's just like whatever. I'll, I may go that one. Now, oh man, I cannot wait. I cannot wait this year because our division, our conference is head and shoulders better than any other AFC conference. And the NFC just sucks. If you look at the NFC, they got they're going to fight for whoever makes it to the end. Um, but. I think our division's head and shoulders is the National Football League of the AFC West. What do you think, John? I I can't disagree with any of that. And the problem is, this is why we play the games. On paper, it looks fantastic. But we never know, you know, uh-oh, Devontae Adams tweaks his knee. Justin Herbert steps in a hole walking out of his front door, you know? You just don't know. But I will say, on paper... This has the potential to be the greatest offensive division in the history of football. What do you think, Josh? My only rebuttal to that is the uh, the AFC. What's the division with the Bills and North? AFC, mm-hmm. yeah. AFC North. Though they're loaded too. They are, and they're going to be are. big contenders in the AFC as well. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, when like John's saying, when you look at it on paper, I mean, the quarterbacks that these four teams have in, in the West and the talent that they've drawn to them, it's going to be very fun to watch. And and who knows who's going to come out on top of that division <laughs> now. I mean, before, before Russell Wilson went to Denver, we were all talking about, well, you don't have to worry about them. Mm. So it's a three-horse race. But now it's a four-horse race, and they may just mm-hmm. beat each other up all season and then lose in the playoffs because they're all so beat up. <laughs> the one caveat to what you just said, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, on mm-hmm. this, is that that division, that AFC North, has Buffalo, New England, I think Miami's in that division, mm-hmm. and the, the Jets. Well, yeah, the Jets are what bring them way down. But those other three teams are solid with great young quarterbacks as well. But that's where the AFC West does not have they don't mm-hmm. have any weak teams oh yeah that's true that's definitely true i think denver would have gone into that category but now that they've got russell wilson i mean he's the guy he's a guy that changes the whole outlook of that oh, yeah. of that of that thing let's talk about <laughs> the other big story this week i mean uh right out of the brett Favre story tom brady comes out of retirement <laughs> i mean <laughs> what, 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 I'm so re- tired of hearing this guy's name. Was he re- retired for two weeks? Was that the total? Less than a month, and now he's back with Tampa Bay. I don't think he ever really wanted to retire. I think he was forced uh, by, in his own mind, forced by the media. So, oh, he's too old now. He's 44, 45 next season. He can't come back. And I'm sure the uh, the fan pressure of some sort, right, we're seeing him in his last game. And deep down, he's saying, hey, I can still play the doggone game. Do I really want this? Well, I'll give it a try. And the try lasted two and a half or three weeks. He sat on the sidelines. The owner of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers also owns 
is it, it's not Manchester United. Who is Arsenal. it? Arsenal. Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Owns Arsenal. And he was in the, he being Brady, was in the... Uh, the crowd for one of their <laughs> one of their games, and he I guess he got his fingers, his hands, everything mm-hmm. got itchy. I've got to get back in there. He didn't want to retire. I'm sure his wife and family said, "If you don't want to retire, don't." And the Buccaneers happy to say, "Hey, come on back." I think that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jake? You glad to see um, Tom back? No. <laughs> um, and it's not because I'm afraid of him or, or I think that the league should be afraid of him. If you think about it, it's smart. And he's smart. Um, his whole division, that whole NFC South is terrible. Atlanta, New Orleans, the Panthers. I mean, come on. This is this is basically what he's done for 20 years at Patriots. We wake up on first day of the NFL, of the season one, or season game one, and you already have six wins in your back pocket. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, and so, no, yeah, and right. so you got that. So it, it to me, it's smart. I love how he was like, you know, after, you know, two months or whatever it was, he was, I just can't see myself in the stands. I read it as I can't see myself sitting here with my family. Mm. <laughs> I, I was like, you know, after two months being home and thinking, am I going to do this for the rest of my life? I think I'll go back to... No, I think he's got a great supporting cast with his family. Giselle's always been the biggest, his biggest fan, and and I, I, I've in my old age, I've become more and more of an acceptance of this man. Mm-hmm. Um, after he beat Atlanta, came back. That's when I really accepted that he was a pretty, pretty phenomenal guy. And what he's done at his age, um, I, I, I mean, he's changed the game for quarterbacks. He's the biggest crybaby on the planet. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not kidding. You cannot touch his finger now without him criping at somebody. So he's made it to where quarterbacks are untouchable, which is why he can. You know, the last time he was out for a year is when the Chiefs knocked him out in game one 10 years ago and blew his knee out. Mm-hmm. And so ever, ever since then, you know, he's gotten smarter. His check down's fast. He's throwing the ball in under two seconds. So he's not getting touched. But no, it's smart. And they, they've went from, what, 20 to 1 odds, now 10 to 1 odds to make the Super Bowl. And... He's got a good, again, he's got a good team, so why wouldn't you? And you're in Florida. Come on. What do you think, John? Here's the thing about Tom Brady. Um, When the retirement fiasco happened with his foundation breaking the news, I have trouble believing any story that takes two weeks to confirm if it's not at least a murder investigation. (laughs) So I pretty much knew this was going to happen. Tom Brady's a competitor, and I know people hate him, and I understand why. You still can't deny he's one of the greatest players in NFL history. People want to see him play. People want to hate him. And as far as his longevity goes, here's my fear with Brady. And this has happened with a lot of gentlemen in the NFL. Ned, you can back me on this. Sometimes that desire to keep playing, it's what you know. So he probably did sit there and said, God, I can't take this. I've got to get back in. Well, sometimes that golf cart wheeling you out is the way your career ends. And I hope that doesn't happen for Brady. But at some point, age comes for us all. And no matter what technology or what methods he has, one good hit could change this to where that's the last game we'll ever see him in. Age came for Ned and he gave it the finger. That's right. (laughs) All right, what do you think, Josh? First of all, don't you tell me what I can and can't think. (laughs) Sickens me. Second of all, I hate Tom Brady. I've hated him ever since he was a Patriot. I still hate him. I was so happy when he retired, and now I'm so disappointed that he's back. Jake is right. He's got a free conference title coming this year because those teams aren't going to challenge him. I hope 
that someone steps on his big toe and rips it off. Oh, here, here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, that's some pretty strong comments from Mr. Roberts over there. We'll be back in a minute. We'll talk about basketball, finally. I know you've been waiting for that. It's coming up. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. All right, there's some other sporting event going right right now that people are seem to be chatting about. So I guess we'll give it time and talk a little bit about the NCAA tournament. Ned, where do you want to start? Well, we'll look at who the teams are probably going to be in the Final Four and who's going to win the national championship. That would be the guessing game that everybody has in their bracket. I didn't fill out a bracket. And the reason I didn't is because all these teams, every single one with maybe maybe one or two exceptions, all capable of pulling off what are called, quote, surprises, end quote. I don't think they are. These teams are so evenly matched in all of them. All the 68 teams in there. Well, let's make a couple of exceptions. But the fact is that the, the talent level in this country is so great that you're going to see St. Peter's knocking off Kentucky and St. Peter's going to the Sweet 16. And you're going to see Gonzaga, which is a great team taken right to the wire. I was anxious to uh, take a look at last night's uh, Gonzaga-Memphis game because Memphis, folks, has great individual talent. Unbelievable individual talent. Better than what Gonzaga has. Mm -hmm. But Gonzaga has the better team. And that's how you win, and that's how they won last night with the better team. Now, coming up next week... When Gonzaga moves on to Sweet 16, they play Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And Arkansas is Memphis better coached. That's right. That will be a hell of a game. Terrific game. Does Duke go all the way? Well, they have a big game coming up this afternoon, Duke-Michigan State. Hey, there's so many things that can happen in this tournament that nothing is a surprise anymore. Well, Josh, of course, is going to go that Duke's going to win it all because yep. he's, he's conspiracy theorist. Sports are fixed. What do you oh, think? here we go. What do you think, Jake? Okay, so... This is my sport. This is the greatest time in, in sports in the spring for me. Mm -hmm. I know everybody else is baseball fans, but this is so much fun. Um, University of Kentucky going down, loved every second of that. <laughs> no, you guys got to realize, I've been a basketball fan my entire life, and Coach Cal single-handedly ruined, with the help of the NBA, college hoops. Mm -hmm. This one-and-done bull crap, which now, if you look around the league... There are no more one and dones. That's right. These teams, and you're talking about how Gonzaga, you know, got by barely Georgia State. Got by well, they came back and actually played and killed Georgia State. But that game was uh, was a game for a minute. But then the Memphis game, it comes down to coaching. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You got these. You got these teams that hang like Creighton did with Kansas. And they're chucking up 24 to 28 three-pointers, which makes no sense in the world to me because you're the worst. Creighton is, was, is the worst three-point shooting program in the nation mm -hmm. if they come out and hit 12. Um, it was working for them, so why not keep chucking them up? Well, that was their Achilles heel at the end of the mm -hmm. game, and they could have beat Kansas if they went back to base, basketball fundamentals. But that's where it comes down to coaching. Uh, Bill Self is uh, top five, top three coach in the uh, in the league. Absolutely. And so he just, if you ever noticed, every time they shoot up a three and made it, he's like, okay, whatever, let's move on to the next <laughs> thing because we're going to, you know, we'll wear these guys out because 
They don't have these one and dones. Mm-hmm. It's a team. We have a bunch of seniors, or I say we. I'm a big KU fan, so they have a bunch of seniors, and that's why you, how you why you saw Baylor win last year. Senior after senior playing four years, loyalty, mm-hmm. connectivity. Um, they just all gelled. But when you get these one and dones like Coach Cal. They these guys are there to, to play four months of basketball, go to school for half a semester, and they're out of there. And they don't care about anybody. And so this has been fun. If you looked at everybody's bracket, especially the, the big dogs that are on CBS, there's all kinds of red all over. Michigan, I had them losing to Colorado State. Mm-hmm. Didn't. That was Warren Buffett called. And he goes, how could you do that? I was going to pay you <laughs> billions of dollars this year. You had the, the bracket, but that... Uh, that ruined it. But then you had Kentucky going down. You've had some other upsets, which has been, it's just been great. It's been fun so far. If you are any sort of a college basketball fan, to watch these games go down to the wire for some of the bigger teams, the the, the blue bloods, as you want to call them, and then you have the, these new bloods, which is great watching St. Peter's come in from nowhere in New Jersey, and, and you can just tell they're having fun. And if you see a team like that, every year there's one. Um, is if they're having a blast and their smiles. And of course, you're all smiles when you're winning, right, John? Mm-hmm. So. That's right. Jake, I don't disagree with you one bit. I'm a baseball fan, but this is my absolute favorite event of the year. Um, I have, was having a conversation with a few friends of mine. I've had this conversation with my, my lovely wife, Kara. And I'll keep saying it. If you look at the AP rankings this year in college basketball, it was a mess. For the first time I can remember in recent memory, number one's lost almost immediately <laughs> after being promoted to number one in the country. So my prediction was this tournament was going to be all about parody. And my gosh, is it about parody? You mentioned St. Peter's. What an amazing team to watch. You know, their coach, Shamel Holloway, you know, was one of those upset diaper dandies for Seton Hall back in the day. He knows how to win these (laughs) types. He went, he knows how to win these types of games and they're, they're so well coached and this is going to sound horrible to everybody. But when I see these guys, like Jake's mentioning, you know, the one and dones at Kentucky or North Carolina, and I see them lose to a team that plays as a unit may not have the size, but you know, plays tight D spins the ball around, moves it around the perimeter, goes inside when needed, bodies guys like St. Peter's. I absolutely love watching the sorrow on the faces of these guys that are going to be playing in the pros later. Because here's what team basketball looks like. San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. No, the Spurs are a good example, (laughs) honestly. But no, this has been a fantastic tournament. I think it will continue to be. And from what I've seen of St. Peter's, and I don't say this about many underdogs, don't sleep on them in the next game. No. no. Don't don't underestimate what they can do at this what point. What they are is the Loyola Chicago of 2022. You got it. What do you think, Josh? I love this tournament because basketball in general is really, to me, one of the only sports that a true underdog can still win. Because it's not Alabama in uh, football. It's not. It's it, it's amazing how the NCAA can get it so right in basketball, get it so wrong in football. Exactly. I completely agree with you. But that's what's cool about college basketball is you can have the Richmond Spiders go to the Elite Eight or Final Four. You can have Loyola win a national championship. There's still that underdog ability that is lost in most other sports just because of the level of competition or the level of talent or the way that they do it. So it's very, it's always very exciting to watch this tournament. Um, 
And because of how even things were this season with with all the top the top teams rotating over and over again, yeah, I mean it's perfect for Duke to win it all and in, in Coach K's swan song because you know it's parody. <laughs> all right, well we've heard parody. We'll come back. We'll talk a little baseball and find out what everybody's watching on TV this afternoon. Ned Talk on one hundred four point seven The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Yes, we are. Our sister station is also a proud member of the St. Louis Cardinals Network. 105.1 105.1 The Bull, and they will be broadcasting Cardinals games this year. I'm excited baseball's back. I know Ned is not, so, uh, you know, just make him mad by saying that I've already watched a little bit of baseball. I'm really excited. I'm very already depressed, though, that my team has done, just basically dismantled themselves and said, you know what, we're not going to try this year. So, um, <laughs> Oh, so they pulled a Cubs, huh? Well, Trevor's story uh, went to the Red Sox this morning. The Cardinals have not really done much in the uh, to prepare for the season, have they? Lost a couple of their pitchers or had a little bit extended period beyond opening day. And uh, it's not that I'm not excited. Sure, I, I like baseball. I'm a baseball fan. But I'm the way this has happened, yes, I'm very disillusioned with the entire business of baseball. But that's not to say I don't want it back. The, the one that surprises me, and somebody has yet to explain this, the Colorado Rockies yeah. trade Nolan Arenado and then, send him <laughs> the, and, and then continue yeah. to pay half his salary. So who did they sign? Chris Bryant. Mm-hmm. Now, what on earth was the purpose in getting rid of Arenado? I mean, you've got a gold glove winner there, uh, and, and that's a salary dump, and now look who you signed. Mm-hmm. A multi-billion dollar player. Uh, I'm puzzled at that one. I did see where our friend Matt Carpenter Mm -hmm. at least has a shot to be back in baseball again with the Texas Rangers, Mm -hmm. signed a minor league contract. He's now working out now. It's a very small contract, of Mm -hmm. course, but if he makes it, he gets an opportunity to play with the Rangers this year, and more power to him. I hope he does. I was equally puzzled that Chris Bryant took that deal because they they don't look to be a contender (laughs) any time in the near future. Money's green. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, he's got. I, I had a friend of mine say to me, well, you know what, he... He got his he got his ring, so now he's going to get paid. So, your thoughts? Any baseball thoughts from you, Jake? Uh, those were a lot of names I don't under, I had never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, no, it's pretty sad. I am a ginormous sports fan, but when it comes mm-hmm. to baseball, uh, I think the biggest news right now is how you guys, the Yankees, haven't even signed Aaron Judge yet to mm-hmm. an extension. That's a he's the biggest Yankee since Derek Jeter, and yep. how you guys mm-hmm. haven't. You know, and I know that's not anything local. Um, uh, Grinky's back in Kansas City. Yes, he is. I was happy mm-hmm. to see that's that. That's pretty exciting, yeah. I, mm-hmm. So, there you go. Cy Young's back in the state, and that's all I got for you on baseball. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yankees need to get rid of Brian Cashman. That's the move they need yeah. to make. Your thoughts, John, baseball man? So, uh, I'm still angry. That hasn't changed, but I will say a lot of that anger evaporated when I watched the Cardinals' first spring training game. You know, just hearing the sounds, the feel... It's been ingrained in me, so I can't help but smile when it's on. Um, I hear a lot of Cardinals fans aggravated that they didn't go after, you know, Trevor Story. They didn't go after this guy, that guy. 
what Cardinals fans need to sit down and realize for the most part is you've got a really good team right now. They don't have glaring needs unless injuries happen. And that's yeah. what we're seeing with Flaherty. Uh, that whole situation has been handled just like a fiasco. So I'm going to say this, and I hate to say it. You Jack Flaherty fans out there, he's gone as soon as he can go to free agency. The Cardinals have done wrong by him, period. You can say he's a troublemaker. He's the last thing but a troublemaker. I don't know where the difference in attitude comes from with the front office with him, but it's it's ridiculous. He will leave, and rightly so. Uh, as far as Reyes goes, you know, he's going to miss a, at least a couple of weeks. They're talking about even into May for him. This is still a really good team. They did pick up some good, strong middle relief help, which is going to help offset Reyes's injury. And in addition, they've still got that same best defense in the major leagues coming back this year. And they've got some ground ball pitchers, including Steven Matz. I can't believe people aren't excited about Steven Matz. This guy did really well in Toronto. He did well with the Mets. And now he's got the defense he never had behind him. I would really like some people to eat some crow at the end of the year when they're saying, oh, my gosh, this guy's won 17 games. Where did he come from? He was a schlub. He's not a schlub. That was a huge early signing. So the best advice I can have, and this isn't to all Cardinals fans, but to the folks that are getting angry that we didn't sign story, to that we didn't get these big splash moves, wait until the season gets started. See what happens. The Cardinals aren't ignorant. I mean, there's still a chance Pujols may come back. That DH spot's still wide open for the taking, and they have an open offer on the table to him. They understand what fans want. They want this to be a historic season, but at the same time, you cannot mortgage your future i.e. the Yankees, in order to win now. Yankees have a very strong farm system. They do have a good farm system. Very strong farm system. They've had for the last several years, but they don't want to part with any of it, which is the problem. Yeah, yeah. But then also, something to remember is, you know, a lot of people are down on this front office for the Randy Rosarena situation. And here's what happened with Randy Rosarena, folks. I'm not going to say my sources or anything like this. Mike Schilt didn't like the way he played. He didn't like the way he played. So they really never got a good look at him at the major league level, and they whiffed on this one. And if you think Mosaic and the rest of that front office doesn't realize they whiffed, oh, contraire. You won't see a situation like that for a long time again. Marmol's smart. Ollie's going to be a great coach for us. And you won't see great prospects like a Rosarena looked over anymore. So just be patient. See how the season progresses. Patience. What's that all about? Josh, 30 seconds to talk about soccer. Oh, man. So Liverpool is only one point behind to win the Premier League. They're still in the race for the Champions League as well. They could get a treble, which is the three big trophies in one season. That's one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek, by the way. (laughs) Treble. Treble with trebles. The trouble with trebles. Yep. And I'm looking forward to a season of the watching the Cubs. All right. What are you going to watch this afternoon, Ned? Probably a little bit of basketball, but it'll be later this afternoon because I have the perennial, annual, everyday, daily chores to do. <laughs> oh, okay. Skip them. Skip them. All right, what are you going to do? Jake, I know you're watching basketball. I'm going to watch some hoops. I got a little garage cleaning to do. Been gone for a week, so and I just got a text from a customer. I've got to go take care of some business. Jeremy Burcham. No, 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 no. <laughs> not, not today. What about you, John? Uh, I, baseball's going to take a back seat today. I'm going to be watching March Badness and enjoying the excitement and seeing what transpires this evening. What do you think? I'm going to watch some March Madness today. 
We'll see right. what happens. I'm going to go home and turn around a baseball game. That's there you what go. Yeah. Love baseball. Who are the Cardinals mm-hmm. playing today? That's a good question. Maybe the Washington Nationals. That sounds right. I'm going yeah. to fall asleep possibly watching that baseball game. Uh, <laughs> a distinct you mean to tell me with all the game. options that you have, you're not going to watch any Yankees today? If they're on, I'll watch them. Yeah. Oh, they're already losing three to nothing. So, <laughs> and, I, and all the Yankees fans I've seen online have their pitchforks out and are ready to tear down Yankee Stadium over what's happening. I but. don't know the dates. I, <clears throat> excuse me, I should, but the Yankees play three three games in St. Louis this year. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. No, there should be plenty of tickets available for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to thank uh, Corbin Campbell, Nick Fury, Brian Tyndall, Mike the Intern, all the guys around the table. We won't be on next week. We'll be back in two weeks. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave.